Normally, uh, I'm sure you've observed that the way that I generally preach is whatever the reading is for that particular Sunday, that's, that's what I tend to go with. And um, I was challenged a while back at a, uh, a conference to, to, to look at, you know, well, what are the things that are going on around uh, that might require or, or benefit from some, some biblical insight? And, and they were basically saying, well, yeah, most of the time you definitely want to preach on whatever the readings are on any given Sunday. But every once in a while, you know, it, it's good to put in something doctrinal. Well, this might be a stab at something semi-doctrinal. You know, as you know, uh, I was on vacation this past uh, couple weeks, really, um, and uh, it's pr- kind of cool to go around and see America, to see the, the, the land, uh, to see the people that make up this land, and, uh, you know, and, and to think of the vast history that, that is here. So one of the places that we stopped was at Mesa Verde, um, and uh, this is where the Quif- cliff cliff dwellers were um, way, way back before, you know, any white people were here on the continent. And uh, just really neat to go through the the homes that are still there in the cliff. And, you know, they have ladders there now. And I was uncomfortable on ladders. And I'm thinking about these people who climbed the rocks to get in and out of their house each each day and just kind of amazed at the, uh, uh, the people that lived there and they farmed and they hunted there. Um, we stopped at uh, the Four Corners, um, which I always thought was a national park, and it's not. Um, that's uh, actually owned by the Navajo tribes and controlled by them. And uh, it, it was just kind of interesting seeing the people gathered there and, and how they were, you know, ma- maintaining that. And going across, seeing the Grand Canyon, seeing Bryce Canyon, um, driving through the mountains, um, I thought about the settlers that went through there and, and, and who some, you know, went on to California and, and you know, uh, but others, they, they stayed there. And sometimes I thought, why in the world would you stay here? Because it's so bleak and so barren and, and hot. And, and I thought about the courage and, and the strength and the hardiness of, of all the people across all that time that lived in that area. You know, the natural beauty and, and, and the severity of, of that land and how blessed we are to live in Ohio where it rains and the grass is soft under our feet and, you know, just, you know, how blessed we are to be able to breathe the air. You know, and, and you know, I ran at Mesa Verde with, uh, with Josh and uh, I want to say it was uh, uh, 7,500 feet. And uh, I'm proud to say I outlasted him. Uh, <laughs> He's faster, but I can go longer. Um, but just, you know, just trying to breathe at those, 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 light, those levels. And then you know, this Wednesday, you know, we celebrate the 242nd birthday, so to speak, of America. And I've been thinking a lot about America. And, you know, one of the things that I do every year to celebrate uh, Independence Day is I always make sure that, that I at least read or listen to some kind of reading of uh, the Declaration of Independence. Uh, there, there's a couple great versions of that on YouTube if you want to look that up. I encourage you to do that. Um, I sometimes try to read the Constitution you know, to, uh, to celebrate uh, Independence Day. And I've been thinking about what does it mean to be a Christian in our country? 
you know, I'm sure you're watching the news and you're hearing about things that are going on. You know, we have immigrant children who are being locked up and separated from their parents. And in the news, they're, they're also pulling out older images of whole families just jammed into these chain link cages uh, be, because they came here illegally. You know, and our Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, uh, got up and he spoke to this and he started quoting scriptures, particularly Romans 13, to defend this practice. Ignoring the many passages in the scriptures that, that speak to the love and the care of the alien and the stranger in our midst. I was a little bit miffed. And then later, while I was on vacation, I read about our White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders, uh, being denied service at a restaurant because of her politics and because of her position, being kicked out. And in the, in the midst of this, one of our, our representatives in Congress, Maxine Waters, rebuked Jeff Sessions, I think rightly, uh, but then claimed that God is on our side and urged her listeners to personally push back you know, at government officials and, and to let them know that they're not welcome. And I, I look at this and, and I read the scriptures and, and the message of the Bible over and over again is to honor those who are in authority, to pray for our rulers. And before we, we think, you know, well, that's really easy for people in Bible times to say that because they had good rulers. No, they didn't. You know, in the New Testament, when much of the New Testament was being written, the, the emperor at the time was a guy by the name of Nero. Maybe you've heard of him. You know, and one of the things that Nero was actually known for was crucifying Christians and lighting their bodies as torches to light the streets of Rome. You know, so it's not about having good rulers, but conducting ourselves accordingly in God's will and in God's ways. And I'm not saying that's easy. You know, the United States have a long and interesting and sometimes strange relationship with God and country. You know, I remember when I was growing up hearing over and over again about Jefferson's dividing wall between church and state. And the image that I got at the time was that it's just this, this rock wall and, and you know, they're, they're not to, there's not supposed to be inter, any interaction. Well, I've read some of what Jefferson wrote about that dividing wall. And it's not that there isn't supposed to be any influence one way or the other. It's just that one is not to dominate the other. And so we, we have this, this tradition of separation of church and state. And yet, at the end of every presidential speech, I don't care you know, what denomination they come from, guess what it ends with? God bless America. So which way is it? Do you want God out of America and out of politics, or do you want him to bless what's going on in, in, in the country? And we have a strange relationship with the Bible. You know, in our history, the Bible has been used to defend slavery and segregation. And the message of the scripture was also at the heart of the abolitionist movement and the civil rights movement. And it's kind of like, these things are completely separate. How does that go together in our national ethos? 
And so much of the Civil War, if you've studied the Civil War, so much is wrapped up in the language of righteousness. And when you think about the people who fought in that war, in a lot of ways you find devout Christians fighting devout Christians. And you think, how can this be? How how does this, this fit? And if we take some time to think about it and scratch our heads a little bit, we might find ourselves asking the question, whose side is God on? And as I think of that question, I think of Joshua standing outside of Jericho before they're getting ready to take that city. And it says that in the scriptures that he beheld a man holding a drawn sword. And Joshua saw him and he asked, are you for us or for our adversaries? Wouldn't that be a good question to ask God? You know, whatever political bent you are, are you for us or for our adversaries? And do you remember what what, what that man responded? Do you remember what he said to Joshua? Are you for us or for our adversaries? His answer was very simple. No. Are you for us or for us? No. I'm not for you and I'm not for your adversaries. You know why? Because God is on his own side. God does not conform himself to our visions or our will in regard to how the country should work. He calls us to conform to him. He calls us to come to him and to live within his will. Not as an earthly kingdom, because Jesus was really clear about that. He stood before Pilate, remember? And, And so you are a king. Yeah, but my kingdom's not of this world. We live in this world as citizens of the kingdom of God, called back into a right relationship with him. And when we think about what it means to be part of the kingdom of God, it means to be part of his kingdom of grace. That we are people who have experienced his love and forgiveness through Jesus' death and his sacrifice. It means living in his forgiveness and having that forgiveness shape us and form us and be central to our relationships with one another and with the world. We've been reconciled to God through Jesus' blood. And we have new life because of Jesus' resurrection. And no political party, no political philosophy fits perfectly with God's kingdom. And he calls us to live in that kingdom, even as we continue to live in this world. And I need to be really clear here. Have I said that the United States is bad? No, I haven't. I love our country. And and I feel blessed to be part of it. There is much that was influenced by God's word in the way that, that we've organized ourselves as a nation. Whether or not people actually believe that word, you know, that's, that's a whole different topic. But this country is very influenced by the Judeo-Christian ethic. And I think that's been a blessing not just to the citizens of the United States, but to the world. But I'm not here to worship the United States. 
And I fear sometimes that our country and our government have become idols in our lives. Our hope, our happiness, our well-being are all tied somehow to how it goes in our nation. It's linked to to what's going on in Washington, D.C. or or, or in Columbus. And, And if things are going our way there, then life is good. And when they're not, oh my goodness, the sky is falling. We can't put our hope in our nation. We can't put our hope in our government. We have something much more solid. Someone much better to place our hope in. And that's Jesus. So how should we live, Christians, as citizens of the United States of America? I like what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. He says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, sojourners and exiles, to recognize that while we're very much at home here, this is not our home. That God has something better waiting for us beyond this. That we're not living just for this moment, but we're living for what is yet to come, what God has promised I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against your soul. To live not for this world, not for this country, not for this land, but to live for what God offers. Because these things of this world, they war against our souls. And he goes on to say that we should conduct ourselves honorably. Our good deeds visible to all subject to the government, but obeying God over obeying men. We do well to speak out and to criticize the policies and activities of our country that are unjust. Part of our mission as God's people is to be prophetic in the proper sense, not predicting the future, but to say, thus says the Lord to our country, to our neighbor, It's an act of love to confront sin in our society because sin is what's at the heart of all injustice. Now, does it matter how you do that? Yeah, absolutely. We we, we should do this in the right way. We should do it with gentleness and with respect, but also firmly standing. This is what God has said. This This is how God has called us to live. There are things that are right and things that are wrong according to his will. And and to flat out say that is a good thing. We do well to act in mercy to the, the immigrant, the stranger, the oppressed, the poor, the needy. It's right to help them and to treat them with dignity, love, and care. It's part of our witness that God is God. That he calls us to do what is right. Right according to his will and his word. But in, in all of this, we must not lose sight of this fact. As God's people, we are called to share the gospel. 
We are here to proclaim the deeds of our Savior who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that transcends politics. It transcends nations. Indeed, it it transcends time itself. Our Old Testament lesson for today was from the book of Lamentations. You know, and don't forget the S at the end, because you know, Revelation is singular, Lamentations is plural, okay? Uh, because basically Jeremiah is writing this after Babylon has come and sacked Jerusalem. You know, sometimes we look at our country and we think that everything's going to heck in a handbasket. Jeremiah is standing there while his city is burning. Just to kind of put that in perspective. And he's looking, he's seeing the destruction of Jerusalem. And everything is falling apart. The temple is being sacked and all of the the vessels are taken away. It's being torn down as he's looking. And he writes this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Wednesday's Independence Day. Every country has the 4th of July. We have Independence Day, okay? And on the 4th of July this year, as we celebrate Independence Day as Americans, I encourage you, you know, to listen to a dramatic reading of the Declaration and Read the Constitution. Think about the great blessings that we have as a country and the the great traditions that we have. Celebrate. Celebrate the liberties that we have as citizens of the United States. But then let's use those temporal liberties in service of the eternal liberties that we have in Christ. Put your hope in the Lord For your citizens, not just of the United States, but citizens of a different kingdom. The kingdom of God. And as you sojourn in this land and live as his people, sharing his love and forgiveness, you are a blessing to your neighbors. Amen.